Everybody, huddle up. Huddle up, everyone. Hey, thank you for joining us. This is Hot Little Takes. I am Mike. I am Christian. And uh, today is going to be a very interesting episode. We're going to talk about uh, we're going to talk about every TV show we watched this year. <laughs> we we actually are going to do that. And I watched uh, Aquaman last night. <laughs> I was gonna I was gonna give you the lead on that, but you're clearly fucking eager. You got yeah, stuff to talk okay. about. You watched Aquaman last night. Yeah. It's Which is a move that I did not know you is. were you were planning on pulling. Oh, I was not planning on it. I, I was I was I was just going through all the things like what the hell should I watch? And I did it on a on a lark and it was one of the most bizarre things I've ever seen. Uh, it's like trying to be a Marvel movie. Uh, they have really funny faux Shakespeare. Dialogue. Yeah, yeah, you, that's what you said to me yeah. earlier. Where is the faux Shakespeare coming? Like, it's in the, verse? The, the, the Atlanteans. <laughs> the, the, the Atlanteans. And it's them kind of trying to do, I think, like, the Thor Marvel thing. I don't know what that is. Um, Thor is a god from Asgard, and I think sure they all talk in kind of a faux Shakespeare thing in that. Because <laughs> Kenneth Branagh, I think, did the first one of those. Is that right? I think so. Wow. Or maybe the second one, I don't know. Uh, the, okay, so the one, the number one. But question. I generally don't go for these kind of superhero movies. I just think they're funny and fascinating. And Aquaman definitely is funny and fascinating, and just has weird homages that are not too um, disguised. <laughs> Give me an example. All over the place. At one point, they needed a bead of sweat to activate some ancient thing, and I was like, "Well, that's straight out of the Fifth Element. Like, that's the finale of the Fifth Element." <sighs> wow. There were a few things like that. Right? Fifth Element was tough on a rewatch a couple years ago for me. I'm a fan. Sure, I was too going into it, and I left a little different. Sure. It's I, a, it's a little hokier than you remember. I Fifth think. Elements maybe one we should put on our on our movie podcast that we end up doing. Mm, maybe so. Okay, so the one question that I have about Aquaman, sure, is uh, shoot, <laughs> how is Julie I, I, Andrews? No, it's Nicole Kidman. No, Julie Andrews is in that movie. She plays the like sea monster. What? Yeah. Oh, the voice. Yeah, she's the voice. Oh. But she wasn't in Mary Poppins last year. That's bizarre. Dick, Dick Van Dyke was in Mary Poppins. Yeah, but Julie Andrews was not. Yeah. That's because she's Mary or nobody is Mary. She she walked. She's like, I'm a fucking she, sea monster in and Aquaman. And Disney, was like, <laughs> Disney was like, we have the rights to Mary. And she's like, well, you don't have this fucking face. She's like, you will burn in hell. <laughs> Julie Andrews. Wow, that's weird. Yeah. Um, Shouts was, to Julie Andrews, it, were, it was like three lines or whatever, and then it was just a big monster. Three more lines than she was going to do for Mary Poppins. But the, it's weird that big Kraken monster ha- did have an umbrella and floated off at the end of the movie. Oh, okay. So it makes sense now. Okay. It's a little homage. Yeah, for anyone who wasn't all right, here in the room. That's that, about all that I really have to say up. about Aquaman. <laughs> I think that that's all anyone's had to say about Aquaman yeah. for the last couple months. So yeah. I think that you you got the final word on that. So one. let's let's get into the shows we watched. This yeah. Year. So what so what we're we actually going to do lot. on this episode is we're going to break down our top five shows of the year so far, mm-hmm. and we're gonna we have a couple honorable mentions. But at the end of the episode, Mike is going to rattle off his enormous list of shows yeah. that he's seen this year. Which I watched, is I watched a lot of <laughs> crap this year. Uh, like, just to have on in the background, but damned if I didn't watch it. You took it in. Yeah, it was, it was a year. 
Yeah, you've yeah, and the hero is not over, man. So we've also kept this secret from each other. Yeah, so we've gotten really excited. This is normally the kind of thing Christian and I would text each other while we're bored at work. <laughs> and so we've been we've been building up the suspense of what our top five shows of this year so far could be. Yeah. Uh, and there's there's good candidates, and we both talked about that there are some things that... I, I'm sure we've There's got, some omissions. I'm, I'm sh- how many overlaps <laughs> do you think we have? I know that we have two. I think we could have anywhere between two and maybe like four, three or four. We could... We might agree on a lot of things, because I know we, we were excited when they were on the air. All right. Who's starting? Are you starting? Why don't you go first? Why don't you give us your fifth... My number five. Christian's right. fifth best show of 2019 <laughs> so far. I can definitely see that getting cut out of the and episode later. You're the one to talk to me into doing the countdown ranking. Thing. Hell yeah. Just no. so you know. I don't normally do that. Christian talked to me. He was like, you need a top five. So I put together a top five. And then he was like, now you need to know. Now you need to put them in order. <laughs> and I was like, fuck. I like, right. the, I like the severity of it. I like having sure, sure, sure. I like having to measure two things and like truly deciding that one is. Yes. You know. It's very gladiatorial. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I'm absolutely. All, it's fun. <laughs> so this is our, this is the the Coliseum of TV. Yes. And we, are, and we are Caesar and Augustus. <laughs> Dude. <laughs> Honestly, hell yeah. Yeah. Shouts to honestly, hell yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, All right, I'll go first. My number five, this is one I told you, it's a tie. Oh, you made it, you made this rule for yourself, and then you were like, we'll have honorable mentions, and then you made a tie. You completely allowed it on the porch 20 minutes ago. Yeah, that's true. Because I thought it'd be more dramatic if I acted upset now. Okay. (laughs) Yeah, okay. All right. That's so my, my, my number five, it's a tie, high maintenance. And easy, uh, two are, shows that fill a very kind of similar um, anthology thing, anthology structure thing of like following these tiny plots and these yeah. these microcosms of all of these people's lives. And those two shows both feel so much more tangible to the life that I see around me all the time than I think almost anything I've well, seen this year. Well, that's the kind year. of stuff we get inspired by a lot. Absolutely. Now. absolutely, And I and you can tell that both of those shows are really run and gun and like are, you know, constantly chasing daylight and doing all of those. Because, I mean, those filmmakers, Joe Swanberg and... Um, God, the high maintenance people, I always forget their names, but... The dude, the guy. The, the dude, I mean, like, that show started from a, a Vimeo series, the episodes were three yeah. minutes long, and it's turned into this... And those guys were just casting people who knew a bunch of funny actors and were uh, yeah, friends Yeah, and, and they tell those just, like, those, like, really explosive, intimate uh, vignettes with all of these characters. Like, they've... Both of those shows have, like, woven such a an intimate fabric between all those people. They're so exciting to see and easy. You, it was you, easy. You it was there. both of these up to me and I have, I've watched some of the early seasons of high maintenance. Yeah. Yeah. I you haven't watched the... easy at all yet, but you've told me about both of these a lot. Like these are ones that I know you are passionate about and are things I would like and should sit down one of these days and just watch. Oh yeah. I'm not really surprised by this pairing and it, it seems like a good, no, there. Each one of those episodes is its own short story, its own short film. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And they and they have that kind of like punchy uh, resonance to them. Like they, all of them. There's a there's an incredible moment in the last season in this last season of Easy that's a 
I think a 20 minute sequence that's just a conversation between a husband and wife, you know, coming to the end of, kind of reaching the end of this open relationship that they've been exploring. That is one of the coolest things I've seen on TV or in movies this year. And certainly like the most impressive in terms of... Is it pretty dramatic? It Well, and that's the great thing about both of those series is that they sometimes they are really kind of hard to watch because they're so intensely, you know, passionate and, or they, they hit this fragile hit, hit part your, of you. Hit your feels. Yeah. And then some of them are, you know, so uproariously funny. I mean, I mean you've seen a lot of high maintenance episodes. Yeah. That... So high maintenance for those who've never seen it is about a guy who sells weed and just every episode's about a different customer of his. So it's yeah. just vignettes of people, which is really... Yeah. Fun. And easy is just sort of vignettes of, of these different um, stages of a relationship, basically. So that one's more about romance. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's mostly tied up into, like, the kind of... The love life and dating life and domestic life of, of people in Chicago, whereas... High, ma- high maintenance is in Brooklyn, and it's, like, the most, like, Brooklyn... And they built thing. that thing from, like... A, a Vimeo show. Yeah. Into an HBO show. Yeah. So kudos to them. Yeah. And the and Joe Swanberg is the the guy who writes and directs and creates easy and you know, some of his movies I've shown you trailers for and I'm like, look at how you know look at how cheaply these movies were made and how potent they've become, yeah. you know, over time. We get really inspired by stuff like that because yeah. we don't have any money either. Yeah. We have lots of ideas. Yeah, those yeah, Mumblecore Heroes, those guys. Uh, yeah, those, I think that show is so wonderful. And I could talk about so many performances and so many episodes specifically, but it's, it's such, it's, we've talked about, I think with other shows where it's like, you feel like, you know, these people and you really do grow attached to their lives because you really connect to what's happening. That show does that in in spades. So what's your number five? My number five was kind of hard to pick because I did have a couple very high honorable mentions I'll get to later. Sure. But I ended up going with a show we both watched and both love, Barry. Ooh! This is my, so this is my number four. This okay, is great. Okay, great. Okay, so you're number four and my number five. Okay. Barry. Ooh! Um, a show I didn't expect to end up loving as much as I end up loving it now. So, you're because right. Because the, the conceit's kind of weird. In my opinion, Bill Hader's like the best guy to come out of SNL in the last 20 years, maybe. Yeah. You know? And is proving that as a writer and as a producer on and an oh, actor yeah. on this show. Oh, my God. And direct, he directs episodes, too. Oh, sure. I'm sure he does. Yeah, I mean, he's... they Those guys probably walk through every little beat. When they do the after... I love the... After the, the episodes, after episodes yeah. where they talk about just little lines or gags that shift the energy of an entire scene in right. such a huge and way. And he directed the Karate Girl episode. And that's the one that right? like is might be the one of the best the best episode of television this year. Oh yeah. Or something. Yeah, if we I mean, were do- if we were doing top five episodes. Top that's... five yeah. Oh just yeah. Things, you should just see this half an hour of even the, the, I really love the setup where he goes to assassinate a guy who turns out to be a Taekwondo like world know, champion. Yeah, he's yeah. got just a trophy room or whatever. And that's such a great moment when Hater asks about all these trophies, like, who are, who, who's who's are these? these? And the guy just lifts his finger mm-hmm. with his back turned. And that was, <laughs> and, I, and I, saw, I saw, I can't remember what the, some YouTube video, a really good analysis of how that was honestly the best 
action sequence we saw in any show this year, you know, beyond any game. Yeah, in TV or game movies. Of Thrones yeah. Kind of shenanigans yeah, exactly. It's just these two guys having a really real clumsy, awkward fight. Yeah. And then the second half of that thing is fueled by this feral child karate girl who's chasing them around the neighborhood. Right. Well, and even that that final moment of violence that happens in the the convenience store when they encounter each other the last time but the cops are chasing that guy yeah. and, they, and they shoot him to yeah. death and the co- they shoot the other cop too yeah yeah that's right yeah barry has uh really grown on me uh it's a great breakdown of of the acting world of of that dynamic yeah um and bill Hader does like a really good convincing job as this as this broken oh, he's so good ex-military turned hitman guy yeah because it's like the whole thing's like your personal identity like what he is withholding from everybody and the person he's pretending to be yes. and and that's so good with the it's very smart the actress girlfriend who is so obsessed with herself yeah. all the time yeah and she's just living in that world yeah and then finally is, and henry winkler does a fucking oh, fantastic God. job steven root who is a Coen Brothers regular, and mm-hmm. this whole show kind of has Coen Brothers vibes of just being like a dramatic comedy or a comedic drama. Right. And not fitting into either definition clearly. Yeah. I told you about that interview with Hader where he's talking about how he, leading into that, was watching Coen Brothers movies a lot. Oh, really? And, and seeing how the... Well, and like, who doesn't do that? Hader's obviously... Like a, he's a big cinephile guy. Yeah. But he was talking about how... So many of their movies have these long sequences that when you are studying them, you're like, God, that's two setups and they got all that done. Yeah. And, and that shows in Barry cause they real they, it's, it's, it's paced and metered out in such a clear, concise way that, that just every time you're inside of it, just like sucks you in, streams you in. That's the kind of show where they could set an episode in one room and I probably wouldn't notice that they did that until after the episode was over. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Absolutely, yeah. Like, it's it's really about the writing and the performances, and... That are so funny and sometimes Hader, still, and too. And just stepped it up so much in terms of a performer. Like, he, he's not just being a funny SNL guy, he's being a very dramatic leading man in this thing. Yeah. Well, and he does have a great counter-comedic presence... From the uh, Chechenian guy. Oh my god, that I guy. I forget that actor's name, but god, okay, man. Okay, yeah, he's the VIP <laughs> MVP. Oh my god. Like, he's the fucking funniest thing yeah, in that what? show. <laughs> Bill Hader said he has, to, he has to look away or he's looking off camera because yeah. that guy makes him break character oh all the time. Oh my god, yeah. Fuck, fucking great stuff. Barry, and this season this season was maybe even better than the last one. It well, and it's setting up a very like exciting third one, yeah. I think. Yeah, that thing's kind of like a really long movie. I feel like they're not going to drag that out into eight years of clumsy yeah, absolutely. with agents and... Barry's brother? What? Barry's going to be in a Marvel movie? <laughs> what? But he also has to kill one of the guys who's working on the movie? Oh my god. He has, yeah, to, kill Ke- he has to kill I, Kevin I, they're, Feige. They're too smart to let it go in that direction. Okay? Yeah, well, that particular direction I'm here for. That would be funny. Alright, so... So that was my number four, so maybe you should... What's your number four? Uh, Well, all right. Then speaking of uh, comic book superhero shit, um, you know, I know we're both critical of, like, the big... Marvel has become the most successful TV show of all time, in a way. We can do an entire Marvel pod at some point. 
30 movies over 10 years or something like that. Yeah. And you're supposed to watch them in order, but if you don't, it's okay anyway. Like yeah, they, right. You have homework as it a... Is, it is a TV show. I was thinking about that while I was watching the, the weirdness that is Aquaman. Um, but I watched a few... Uh, Things based on graphic novels this year, like which a, I'm, I'm which dying do, to know I do what love, this is. Which I do love graphic novels, and the one that is just a fantastic thing that I did not see coming is The Boys. Wow, this is your this yeah. is your number three. This is my number four. Oh, this is number four. This is my number four is The Boys. Wow, you're on in on Amazon. it. You're in and on I, this. I watched it like last week in like two days or something like that. Okay. And my brother had given me the first of this graphic novel years ago. And I really like the writer. He's the guy who also wrote Preacher, which I've not watched the show. But uh, oh, it's AMC. a really great graphic novel series as Preacher. Um, With the Misfits guy. No, that's the Umbrella Academy. Misfits, the, the TV show. Yeah, the guy from Misfits is in the Umbrella Academy. Oh, he is? Which is another show I watched this year. Yeah. Oh, God. Um, and he's another little superhero kid in it. Or oh, wow. Um, I know we both love that actor. Yeah, yeah. I can't remember his name. He's Nathan in the Misfits, which is a British... No, old, but isn't Rudy in Preacher? I haven't watched... He's the guy who replaced Nathan on Misfits. Oh, I don't know. I haven't watched Preacher. I bet he's, you know what, I bet he is, there's an Irish character in Preacher. I bet he's that guy. Oh. That would make sense. Wow. We have another anyway, episode watched that no, fucking no, no. show. This is all, <laughs> honestly, like, comic book nerds are going to understand everything we're talking about right now. Okay. Um, <laughs> but this guy, Garth Enos, uh, is the guy who wrote Preacher, and he also wrote The Boys. Okay. And it is, like, this huge middle finger to superhero stuff in general. Um... And I think it. you'd really, I think you'd actually really like it. There's the this the premise is there's this nerdy guy who his girlfriend. There's superheroes all over the place, and they're run by this big major corporation. Um, not unlike uh, Mickey Mouse shenanigans. Okay. Um, <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> yeah, and so this corporation will rent out superheroes to cities for millions of dollars a year and stuff like that. <clears throat> and so one of these superheroes blasts he's a he's like the flash he runs through the main character's girlfriend and just obliterates her at the beginning of the story and then this guy gets pulled into this Yikes. secret ex-cia co like ops organization of these dudes called the boys who are like regular guys trying to take down the superheroes okay um I, and i realize that premise sounds weird but like the real the real glee of that thing is just watching, like, these superheroes be, like, these miserable, like, it's like, um, Jeffrey Epstein billionaire Hollywood shenanigans. There's an episode that takes down just Christian shit. There's, like, it is very aggressively anti-social show. Sure. Like, the main, uh, vi one of the main villains is, like, this superhero Captain America, Superman Captain America type guy who just fucking kills it. He's this handsome blonde g guy who clearly played He's the face I know. He's that. he's he's done some Shakespeare or something like that. Like <laughs> there's some great performances. The guy um oh fuck. I'm terrible with names, but uh he played Bones McCoy in the new Star Trek or uh, whatever. Okay. He's like the lead in it or whatever. Okay. I can't remember his name. Ka Carl Urban. Carl Urban. 
We're gonna start, we're gonna we're gonna start using laptops when we do this. Yeah, we'll, we need, cu- we'll cut some. I should have. Yeah, you don't have to cut any of this out, but <clears throat> I, I that's a show I know you didn't watch, mm-hmm. and I didn't expect to like it so much, but it was actually a really good experience. And they're gonna. Shit, it, I right. think it's Amazon's highest rated show ever, most viewed or something. Really? Already? Yeah, like. Because everyone's, it's uh, it's it's really picking up the superhero fatigue everyone has had. They just finished the fucking Marvel catalog, and they're gonna take a couple years off. And this thing is like, fuck these, fuck all this, like, and it's kind of a, kind of a political libertarian, like anti-libertarian shenanigans uh, uh. going on in it too, of like. Wow. If you let unchecked power and... It sounds like there's a lot to a, like. There's a lot to like. There's a lot That's to like. That's all I'll say. Yeah. There's a... I could go on about it for a while, but you should check it out and then maybe we'll we'll do a little short we can, we can run. We can run back yeah. to it. Yeah. Okay. I think you'd like it, even okay. though I know you don't like that, that superhero shit. Well, I mean, it's it's not... It's not the soup. The idea of a superhero in general. I, it's 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 really just the Marvel thing. But we can yeah, we the can, way that's taken over the world is a, a unique thing of our times. Yeah, it's it's a, such a similar discussion to a lot of things happening in the United States, and I, we I, we don't need to talk about that. We yeah, can, we can. But I'll leave it at that. We can have a discussion. I watched a, the. The the boys uh, All right. surprised me. Became and that's my your, number four. And that's your number four. Yeah, I didn't see it coming. Okay. Uh, my number three, which I imagine, this is a, this is one that... I bet the next three we both watched and are both, are having different orders. Okay, yeah. I'm sure that, I'm sure that this is on your list. My number three is season three of True Detective. <laughs> True Detective. Alright, here we are. Where is this on your we list? We are going to have the same three. Where is this on your list? This was my number two. This is your number two? My number two of the year was going to be the new season of True Detective. Fuck yeah. Yes. Fuck dude. <laughs> I, knew, I knew we were going to talk about this show. Well. We, we both love every season of True Detective, including the underrated season two that's... featuring Ray Velcoro. That's probably a pod too, which we could talk about for days. We can do it. We could, Katie, will, uh, Katie will have to be on for the sure True Detective season tell two you podcast. How, tell us how wrong we are. Well, you know, you need someone there. Counterbalance. Yeah, you need yeah, someone there to we, hold we, to hold us accountable for we're anything. We're just gonna we're just gonna <laughs> jerk Nick Pizzolatto off for the next fifteen minutes. So that's what happens when we talk about True Detective. Yeah, shit. So where do we start? I mean, to be fair, I think that we both. Didn't get a whole lot out of the ending of that season, but I think that we both also. I, I underst- actually really liked. On retrospect, I thought the ending really? was like he. It's because I wasn't there. There was the, still the shred of evidence that would bring it all back together, right? His sure. His son found the note or whatever, and that. So there's a chance they could figure out that was the girl, and he found the girl. He solved the mystery. He sure. Just, it's such a sad, bittersweet. It ending. is bitter. Well, and that's what I was gonna say is that I think that when that episode aired originally, we were a little, a little, you know, a little like, oh god, this this didn't quite pop the way that we hoped. <laughs> that was great. Just drinking a little sody. Just drinking a little sody. Uh, but we both read a lot of detective novels, and and we love that genre. And that's and that's really yeah. how those things go. That like you never. 
It's never clean. It never. It never it's, happens. It shouldn't be. No, I mean, and, it, and it absolutely shouldn't the, the, be. Those are. That's an Agatha Christie story. That's Clue. Is when it's a clean mystery. Yes. Uh, the hard-boiled detective stuff is. Yes. Is that messy fight between Barry and the and the Taekwondo guy? You know, it's dirty and doesn't work out. Yeah, and well, and it, God, and there, I mean, there are so many angles to keep attacking this thing at but some of that like things just not not you don't kiss and evaporate into heaven when you're in love with someone and there's obviously the great thing with Mahershala and his wife Hayes and his wife Hayes, yeah and his and, his and the, suspicious wife who I was so suspicious of yeah but there's also all that same thing happening with and his and Stephen Dorff his partner the yes, the his... relationship that they that those two have is such a fractured strange thing and then when they're finally in that last those you know late in your life moments with each other it's still this it's so heavy. ragged it's, heavy thing it was very like heavy um and and masculine and and about aging that was the big one of the biggest themes of that thing was just like the existential the train that's coming that yeah is death it felt that is loss of memory and is it felt so much more personal than well, maybe those first two seasons the first, even the i think that's because this one really had like a main like yeah like hayes was our lead he and, was your guy and yeah then dorf was like his buddy which yeah. is a very standard detective novel thing but past true detectives uh, the first season, they divided the focus a little, yeah, in different more ways, more evenly, yeah, or too, or way too much. Mm. Uh, however you look at it, mm. well, that's it. <laughs> but yeah, this one and Mahershala, Mahershala, man, two-time Oscar winner. Mahershala. I've never, I've never pronounced his first name correctly. Mahershala. This is, uh, I think he's he's probably going to be nominated for an Emmy. He's probably on there. Oh man, like he, he is, but Stephen Dorff is not, which is. But Stephen Dorff, if I thought that was a great performance, it is a, it is a great performance. Like I would give him a, a supporting actor nomination for that. He didn't get it. I wish he. It, I bet if he had like a little bit more screen time, he would have. You know what I mean? Wasn't he in that a lot though? He was, but like we said, this was more focused on the one character. He was more the sidekick, which is. I'm not gonna killer moments. It's a little guy, splitting though. hairs, I guess, about what killer. qualifies for a good for a su- the supporting. We'll do, we'll do our uh, we'll do our Emmy pod. We'll we'll discuss this. I, I, and yeah, I hate the award show stuff, so I'll probably get real honorary. It'll be fun. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it'll be fun. exactly. <laughs> I'm looking forward to it so much. Um, uh, yeah. What else to say about this season of True Detective, though? It was well, you know, this it, was my number two of the year. I mean, this was sure. Well, you know, it did have... I think that it could have even been better than it was. I know that there was some problems with the director's... Uh, Jeremy... I can. I always mispronounce this guy's name. Uh, Jeremy Salier. I, I think know. he directed the first two episodes, and those first two episodes really drove so hard and they were so exciting and then it kind of it kind of coasted in, in the center and i would love for that show when they i they're doing a season four i think oh i'm sure this is a success. i would just, i would just love to see all eight episodes written by this guy all eight episodes directed or all eight episodes written by this person all eight episodes directed by this person 
I yeah. love I love that kind of partnership that like that ride that keeps the tone through the whole season. Yeah, and and I and that was like part of why the first season was so successful too. Yeah. 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 I see where you're going. I think that Nick Pizzolatto is gonna keep cranking those out and. Dude, let's hope so. <sighs> Excuse me. You know, we'll see more of that kind of shit. Like I'm I'm a fan of. I'm a fan of just the one season, one story kind of anthology thing. Like, if you were going to look at other things like uh, American Horror Story or American sure. Crime Story, like, True Detective is uh, miles above them. Oh, like, these yeah, these are absolutely. These are like any good uh, detective novelist we might like. Yeah. You know, just their... Just the kind of novels that they would be cranking out every few years. Sure, and even and the... Made that transition really well. He was yeah. gonna be that guy, and then decided he wanted to be a showrunner, and yeah, and really succeeded at it. Yeah, and one of the other things that that show does in all the seasons, I guess, less so in season two, but the the sense of place that that show has, and it's a thing, you know. Yeah, the location's a big yeah. You've read you've character re in every story exactly, and you you know you've read some of those crumbly novels that take place in the. In Montana and Colorado and well, and, those will and travel around of, a lot, even exa too. Exactly, like, but even like being this being in the Ozarks and and season one being yeah. in Louisiana, the way it is, like it it paints a different portrait of America, which I yeah because, really appreciate. Yeah, because the regions are you know if you set a story in New England versus the southeast, it affects it. Yeah, yeah. I want to see his. I want to see him do another southwestern one, but not California. Like I want to see his like yeah. his New Mexico Arizona exactly yeah exactly you know, his uh, like Hillerman kind of yeah thing. even like like Panhandle mm -hmm. I'm a little more into yeah a Texan thing oh man right down by the border I don't even God man I'd watch the shit out of you that. read those crumbly novels man like Montana then he can do a cow some cowboy yeah give it to um, me Ugh. I would love to see that give it to but me but he's a uh, he's got his own unique voice and tastes and stuff like that. So should we take a little break? Maybe so, because we're leading into... That was my three, so I have that two. That was your three, that was my two. So we're about halfway through our top and you five. Have your and you have your three and your one. Yeah. So let's take a little break, and when we come back, we'll get back into our top five shows so far in 2019. And we're live. All right, so... Way to kick it off. So True Detective was your third favorite of the year. Yes. And it was my second. So my third my third favorite show this year that True Detective eked out was Fleabag. This is my number one. This is your number one? Yeah. I bet we just flipped them. I bet we just flipped our <laughs> other ones, didn't we? <laughs> oh, shit. Well, that, no, that's great. This was your favorite show of the year? Yeah, absolutely. This is my number three. I really loved it, though. It's um, it's a masterpiece. Fleabag. And you watched... You, so you watched... I watched both seasons. Yeah, because I had watched it the first season after it came out, but you you double-teamed him. I, I, I double-teamed Which Fleabag would love. Which she would love. Yeah, I, I, I went to town on her. <laughs> Honestly, um, hell yeah. She, it's like... <laughs> And that might be might be the best character of the year, and I think some of the best writing. Yeah, the writing it might be the best actually of the year. Like it's so funny, her Ferris Buellering as I'm gonna call it. Sure. 
the Ferris Bueller. Yeah, you're here for that. Some people, so some people good. dislike that show because she talks into the no, camera. No, I love that she talks into the camera, and I love that the priest is like, "What are you doing?" Oh when she God. does it, like he's the one person who can see through her. That was that was like made me want to cry. Kind of maneuver for them yeah. to pull. Where I'm like, he's the only one who understands her. <laughs> <laughs> the ensemble in that thing is really good. Yeah, it's a very the, it's a very tailored cast. And I there's think. what two six episode seasons or something mm -hmm. like that. It's really tight. And that's it. Yeah, you weren't the only person who was like, you need to check this out. Um, it's very raunchy, which I told my mom. I was like, Ooh, you yeah. might like this, but it's really raunchy, but it's really funny. Yeah. Like the first scene is, but her, it is, is but it's an a, anal sex scene or something. It's, uh, but it's such a sex positive raunchy. Yes. That's part of the thing is like the, the character she plays is like Bukowskian. Sure. Like it's someone who, or like Don Draper or something <laughs> like that. Like it's someone who has a strange relationship with sex and 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 dealing with the way that society has a even more strange relationship with sex. But it's adjacent to those characters because she's never in a position of power. Yes, she's exactly. Constantly, she's, she's well, constantly she, yes. losing. Yeah, she's a woman. And so it's a different dynamic because she's not a celebrated womanizing playboy. She's, yeah. uh, you know... A human a, being. A, 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 strum a, a strumpet. <laughs> acting like a trollop. Or whatever. Not saying endorse that attitude, but that's that's the way that's the way it is, you know. And this show doesn't shy away from that reality. Yeah, her relationship with her dad is really great. Her sister, the her, her, the, her, the her sister relationship, the sister relationship, her, her is, stepmother. I mean, yeah, Academy Award winner Olivia Coleman. Yeah, I'm gonna watch The Favorite. I think this week, so maybe we can talk about that. Oh fuck, you haven't seen The Favorite? It's on HBO now, though. So Ooh, one of ring these a ding nights, ding. one of these nights, I'm fascinated. I'm excited. Hear what you think about I'm, that? I, I that's one movie I've been super excited about. Sure, a lot. Of, I mean, everything has been said about Fleabag. This is clearly one of the most celebrated pieces yeah it's I think, got a bunch year. of emmy nominations sure well and she is just i haven't seen fire. her her other show that you told me to watch crashing no the other other one. Oh, killing eve yes both of those shows I are think, I, I don't think i have the streaming capabilities or whatever right now crashing is on netflix i'm probably gonna invest in hulu and killing eve is on amazon <coughs> prime is it yeah i think last time i checked maybe you had to pay for it Oh. Those things shift around every couple months. Oh, like, right. one, one studio will have the primo. Well, I use my mom's Amazon Prime account, and sometimes she just buys TV shows because she loves TV. Sure. Gotta get my mom on here one time. Oh, yeah. We want to thank our moms for allowing us to have things like Amazon and HBO. <laughs> so we can waste so our that, time. So that we can talk about them on this I'm, podcast. I'm cutting all of this out. <laughs> no. No, this is not in. Well, um, we just want to say we love our moms. Sure. Yes, that's I, all. Yeah, um, and that they probably both like Fleabag. I think our moms, from oh what I God. know of both our mothers, would Fair probably uh, think it's pretty funny because if you have a good sense of humor and not a stick up your ass, you'll like that show. It's like the funniest thing. It's the funniest show of the year, I'd say. I would agree with that. Yeah. And just the most sweepingly dramatic. I was yeah. I was fucking up up gone and away well, with it. The, it with rides the it show. rides that sense of like dark real humor so well. The things that are it's it's uncomfortable. It's that if you enjoy that kind of humor, 
you know. Yeah, well, and like what I said about easy and high maintenance earlier, like it's it's tangible. It feels real. Like I really, even you know, yeah, growing up in Colorado, I why, know that girl. I yeah, I know her, and I know, and I know the the anxieties of these situations that I she's am in that all girl. the time. <laughs> I, I am that girl. Yeah, I yeah. definitely relate to yeah. a so, lot of that. So, Fleabag, it's your three, it's my one. It's a fucking masterpiece. Phoebe Waller-Bridge is... Yeah, we haven't seen the last is, of her is, Yeah, no fucking shot. way. And she's I, the kind of person I would actually really love to work with. Yeah, I, can't, I cannot wait for her, whatever she makes in 25 years. Sure. Like, stay alive for Phoebe Waller-Bridge. Seriously. Yeah. Fleabag, you're number one. Yeah. Well, I'm sorry I busted your load too early. No, no, that's the no, that's the way it goes. But I'm we, glad we talked about but it. But we still don't know what your number two is. So my number or what my number one is. And I think that these two shows we both didn't watch. Oh, okay. I no, I think you watched my number one. Wow. Okay. So, but I think so. I'm gonna do my number two. Yeah. My number two is Euphoria. Oh, uh, I did not watch it. You didn't watch this. You were not the only person. In, I watched the first episode. You watched the pilot, yeah. Yeah, I didn't watch the rest of it. And not because I didn't like the pilot. It's just because, like, I, as you'll see or hear, had a lot of dumb shit that I've been watching this year. So I just right. wasn't prioritizing. Well, but, but, I, but you're not alone. I think a lot of people saw that pilot. And I think we're either, one, scandalized, or two, like, I'm not, I'm not going to get invested. <sighs> yeah, it wasn't. I didn't feel scandalized. I I, hear, I guess that's the thing. You're this the is, other party. This is like Harmony Corinne's kids for this era where it's like, these children are are having butt sex or something. You know, whatever. Whatever you're going to project what, on Whatever, it. yeah, like shocked Karen uh, housewife sure. emotions you're going to have about that kind of thing. Sure. Yeah, I, I wasn't super, super hooked, I guess, right off the bat. But I w- I've been told I should go, re- I should go watch it. And I'll, that's on my list of things... I should watch. I think. I think. Or I'm sure I will at some point. I really, I really think you should, because I, I understand how the, how uh, severe the edges of that first episode are. You know, like it, it really is tearing you a long way in, in yeah. a lot of directions at it's, once. It's, it's challenging you to, you know, what you're ready for. They're like, yeah, this isn't, this isn't the Degrassi you remember. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean. I'm sure, I can't imagine that's the first time someone said that, but I am hearing it for the first time, and I totally, it is, it is, it's, it's, it's Degrassi with, with a fentanyl addiction. If HBO could make it. For sure. But the, you know, it's, it really is a beautiful character portrait of so many different people, and I never once found myself and I like, feeling reminiscent I like, of high school at all when I watched it, because I was like, this is such... It made me it's feel very old. It's Gen Z. Sure. And my, whatever. you know, my little sister watched it, and <clears throat> and she said that she loved it. Okay. And I haven't, like, interrogated, is this what your fucking high school is like? So because there's I, probably I should, no way. I should way. watch it just to stay fresh. Keep with the times. I, you know, I think it might, it so, might be Because the good, children define the... The culture, Maybe it might you know? be it might be a good recommend for Stay Fresh, but I really you know it it was really moving. Okay, it was really moving. And I love character portrait stuff where it's just uh, yeah. Well, and I mean know. it's and it has a it has a device that you would love that every episode begins focusing on a character with a a Inter- monologue from the the from Zendaya the main character Rue. Okay, she's like 
this character grew up like this, and she, and oh, you okay. ca- and she kind of explains their entire life, and that's cool. And you know, certain characters get laid where they get laid inside of that thing, so. That's kind of a a novel technique, almost. Sure, it's theatrical, and that yeah. and that show has a theatricality about it because the cinematography is so intense, the camera work is so involved. It it really has style, and I love to see. I love to see anything that really has a fucking style. Well, and there's we not... we we famously saw a really um, kind of atrocious production of Macbeth. That was objectively a bad show, but it had a lot of style, and I loved it for that. Sure. Sure. Yeah, I want to check out the rest of Euphoria. There's not a lot of HBO shows you and I ever have any complaints about. Like, one I've been no, meaning to watch is years and years. I, I started watching You got my, into it. You started I watched, like, the first episode and um, need, to, need to continue with it. Yeah. Sure. So, now we're moving to your number one. My number one... Which I didn't really expect, but when I really when you when you were like you gotta rank them all in order, I was like I guess this was probably overall. I have the, my I have my, my favorite I have thing. my guess. What do you think? I can't no. No, give me your guess before I tell no, you. No, 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 no. I don't want to spoil anything for your ultimate crazy list later. Okay, well the thing I put at number one was the marvelous Miss Maisel. Whoa. Is that what you thought? No! Yeah. Well, I realized it came out in, like, January or, like, the very <sighs> beginning of the year. And I was like, ah, fuck. Like, that was a really all-around, you know, it didn't have the best the the best one performance or the best all-around writing or the best <sighs> this or that. But in general... Just pulled fucking ways. It's, it's so good. <laughs> Like, uh, I don't know if anyone's ever seen any of the behind the scenes videos of the cinematographers are very clever, smart, experienced guys and the director's an ex-dancer and they'll do amazing shots in that show. Oh. Through department stores or the telephone line. Or the front of the house in the Poconos. It's, it's, uh, a real feat. And I mean, it's, and everyone loves that show, like, it's not gonna shock anybody that I liked it too. Even though it's about it's about shocking people. Yeah, but it was it's almost it didn't like win all the Emmys in its first season. Oh, so absolutely! I think I binged that one too. I watched I watched him back to back. Well, you know, you you, you know my devastating right. story about this that's show. Right. Yeah, you should. And I guess this is why I didn't. I probably didn't even put this in my list because I because you had a weird experience. <laughs> You probably, I if you'd watched it differently, yeah, maybe you would put it higher. I probably would have. I just like didn't. So I watched the new season came out, and everyone loved the show. And I had, and I missed the first season. I had to get into it, and I pressed play on Amazon Prime, and I started the second season. And I watched the second season first, thinking it was the. It was the show. It was the show, and I thought, my God, they they fucking start this show flying from right New the, they started from with, New York to Paris, yeah, and their parents the, are divorced. The mom, the mom has left the dad. Oh my yeah. God! It, and it's like, they're, oh, so they're this, hanging out at the at the beach, or whatever. and you're like, and this guy is clearly the ex husband. <laughs> that's fucking crazy. I forget that that's how you experienced that show. Yeah, so that's how I and. And I did. I watched it at the, at the beginning and of the year. And then you watched the first one. And then I watched Afterwards. the first season. And the first season is wonderful. And it felt like watching a prequel. A little bit. It was like fan fiction on what I thought was the beginning. Ah, oh, that's so strange. But that second season is well, fucking good. The first good. one's really good, too. The first one is like, re- Yeah, the first one's great. Like, uh, the lead in that 
I can't remember her name. Rachel Brosnahan. She's so good. Oh my god. And she's so charming. And she's not even Jewish. Well, you know, she sells. <laughs> uh, she does a great job. Tony Shalhoub. Tony Shalhoub is incredible. I think he probably deserves the supporting actor. I think he's nominated. I think he's... I know you were talking about Stephen Dorff earlier, but I'd put Tony Shalhoub over that maybe. Put Tony Shalhoub is... Put Stephen Dorff Tony on the Shalhoub list. Tony Shalhoub is in like the... Oh, yeah, I'd put him on the list. Put him yeah. on the list. But Tony Shalhoub can be like 20 feet in the background of a scene <laughs> screaming and steal the scene. Absolutely. Yes, <laughs> And he can be like, absolutely. where are my shoes? You know, he played Sol Yoni in Three Sisters on Broadway like back in the 80s I'd or something. I'd buy that. I bet it was really funny. And, and he's being the dick. He's like, you're an ugly bastard and I hate you. I bet he was really... Cheap, 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 Lermontov. <laughs> People say I look like him. That's why I can't behave. Christian directed uh, me and several other actors in a production of Three Sisters and a few years ago. And, you know, Destan might age into a Tony Shalhoub. Yeah, our friend Destan played that role. He's and the character's pretty funny. Wow, we're going off the rails right now. Should That's we take right. should we take a break? We can get personal. Uh yeah, I mean take a break, I don't know what I don't have much else to say about Miss Maisel that hasn't been said. It's, yeah, that it's fucking slaps. It, it's, that show rules. It's so good. Yeah. And it's and uh oh, I I guess if anything special credit to the guy who plays Lenny Bruce. Um, he d- from and, Slings and Arrows and from the Deuce and from the motherfucking we, Deuce we, we, we're a big fan of uh, that that character chameleon man oh, what is his I don't know what his he's, name is he's fucking great uh, he's fucking yeah, great whatever your name is chameleon actor you're my uh, guy you're my guy my number one guy you're my number one boy alright well, we'll be right back and we're gonna talk about all the shit that we did not put on our top five and that we are almost embarrassed to admit we watched <laughs> So stay tuned here on Hot Little Takes. What a fucking good (laughs) send-off. All right, so we're back. Um, We're going to talk about a few of our honorable mentions that almost made our top five of the year. Sure. And we, we just said that there's one. We each have three. We each have three, but we we already talked about it one. It still kind of floats. Dairy Dairy Girls. We've already talked about in this podcast, like that show. Yeah, we've been talking about Dairy Girls. Dairy Girls. It's, and I and I said outside just now, uh, if there were twenty episodes of that show in each in each season, it would probably be my favorite show of the year. Yeah, totally, totally. Like uh, that's a no brainer. Endlessly charming uh, Irish Irish girls just trying to go about their business. <laughs> Is it? It's less scandalous than Euphoria. Uh, absolutely <clears throat> less scandal. Decidedly less scandalous. Fair to say, but yeah, but more charming. So that so that's one. What's another one of your my honorable mentions? One that almost beat out Barry uh, on the list was Happy. Sure, this is what I thought was going to be your number one, actually. No, but I love Happy. Happy, uh, as, especially as just Chris Maloney's performance as an actor uh, is something everyone should see sure um it's written by uh, another graphic novel guy i like uh graham morrison mm-hmm. and pat noswalt plays an imaginary friend of a little girl who is kidnapped in the first season but uh yeah christopher maloney's on fire in that show sure. i would recommend it if you have hulu that was 
That's well, I had I had like a month. Of, that's on the list. I had a couple months of Hulu where I was watching a lot of shit. Me right. and Kayla were watching Happy together. Right. That's on the list. That's one of my honorable mentions. What's one of yours? We have a mutual one maybe coming up. So the next one that I'll say is Veep. Oh, that just ended, yeah. Which had its last season, and from top to bottom, that's like one of the most <laughs> truly hysterical shows I've ever seen in my life. And I watched the first couple seasons. I know you you were you were actually. diving in and you didn't finish. Yeah, I've, as you'll see, I had a lot to watch. Clearly. Yeah, yeah, we'll get we'll get to that. But you know, Veep, just such a fucking solid show. Yeah, and a really good ensemble. It didn't. It wasn't uh, too. It, it's not The Office because it's on HBO, so there. It's a pretty fucking vulgar. That was my mom's one complaint actually about that show. She was the, like, I, she's like, I used to really love it, and it got so fucking vulgar. Well, you know, I think the thing <laughs> I, I think one of the things that I appreciate about that show the most is how mean spirited it is. You know, and I... Yeah, and we both love that kind of comedy, and if you watch the Now Show, there's a lot of that in it. It's oh, I'm sure. People just kind of shitting on each other. What's the... We should have, we should have put the Now Show on, on our list. The Now Show is definitely my favorite show of the year, but I feel like it would be unfair to put it on the list since I was a uh, writer, producer, performer. Sure. Etc. The Now Show with Jack Bell now streaming on Grown Up Costume Party on YouTube or Grown Up Costume dot Party. Julie Louis Dreyfus, one of the fucking most stellar comedic actresses of all time. Yeah, and she's not even done. She's like the Madeline Kahn of our era now. Yeah. Like wow, that's gonna, a great take. Like she's gonna just keep popping up in things, and you're gonna be like, oh, thank God. Like she's. Gonna... <laughs> Which is what Madeline Kahn did. You're like yeah. she just own a own a fucking scene. I mean, Elaine Bennis and Selena Meyer are two uh, comedic giants. Yeah, and and that's the kind of thing like every performer wants like maybe two huge characters that define them, not just the one. And she got that. Yeah, her Arrested Development character also. I can't I can't think of her name right now, which is shameful. Well, that's an example of like just Madeline conning up a scene where she shows up and you're like. Holy shit. Yeah. This is going to be a fun episode. Yeah. And and just the some of the best writing, some of the best comedic direction, it especially in that handheld style yeah. that we know how like how dramatic that stuff can be. And I, and I liked it a lot more than House of Cards, which I fell off of before Stacey's scandal even happened, but Veep is a really good political show. Well, that's the thing about those two shows, right, is that people in DC think that they live in House of Cards, but they actually live in Veep. Yeah. And that's a good place to leave that, I think. That, I mean, that's one of, that's, that's a fucking comedic carving in the wall. That show, that show's fucking great. Yeah. That's a good choice. What's um, your next? Um, let's see, what were the honorable mentions I had? The one that, on, the other one that honestly I put in my top five was the only real documentarian show that I watched, and it's called The Giant Beast That Is the Global Economy. Whoa. And it's an Adam McKay-produced show. Adam McKay, who you may know from lots of Will Ferrell movies, but also the big short uh, uh, Vice and Succession, which is what Hell we're going to yeah, be talking baby. about soon. So we're big Adam McKay fans. And the setup of the show is Cal Penn, 
who has had his own insane career going from being Harold and Harold and Kumar or Kumar um, to he worked for uh, the Obama administration. He so, came to UCCS actually. Oh, I bet he did. I bet he does a lot of that stuff. Yep. Um, so Cal Penn's a really smart political cat, and the the show has different focal points for each episode. I think maybe there's ten of them, uh, and each episode is Cal Penn interviewing people um, and discussing the global economy. And I know it sounds like a dull scenario, but it is like the best. Is it like keeping does it, me informed of the world? Does it have the same kind of like John Oliver Daily Show? Yeah, one thing. Uh, no, it's not like it's not like that. Like he's actually going and meeting people on their turf. It's more the documentary world. style. Yeah, and then when they need to explain a dense concept, they'll do the thing that Adam McKay does really well, where they'll turn it into a sketch. Sure. So they'll have a lot of sketch actors explaining, you know, like, like the way Margot Robbie explains subprime mortgages in the big short while she's taking a bath absolutely you know like that's adam mckay was like this is going to be an important tool i'm going to use to explain a hard idea with an entertaining way and right. the show does that maybe twice three times an episode just to really get you on the same page that's i i feel like people slept on that one it's on amazon you can still probably find it sure and, and, and I remember you talking about that originally, and it's it's funny to hear another that that was an Adam McKay thing, too. I completely forgot about yeah. that. And, if and Succession is obviously, I think, we'll, we'll do well, this podcast and, and again at the end McKay, of the year. And all of these Adam McKay projects are very political. Like, they're not shy, like, they're intentionally getting into these deep things and trying to use entertainment as a medium to teach people. And that's what one thing I love in in you know the philosophy of art i suppose and adam mckay's a prime example of that so yeah that's a good one what's another one of your honorable mentions i think that is this is, i think this is our final honor, honorable mention what the society uh, I, the society was close i did love the <laughs> this is on your list i don't know it's such a strange thing i feel like you and i might be the only people who watched it well you know i think that i i kind of adore this show for being the like antidote like the 2019 antidote to something like the oc sure it's, you know one of one of those 20 like, 20 episode teenage melodramas that just for some bizarre reason has you by the throat the whole time yeah it's like if Camus made uh a <laughs> uh, a show on the cw or whatever you know what i mean man it's, uh, well, I guess that's the end of that so, conversation. Okay, we know right we, there. <laughs> but if you haven't heard of it, it's you should watch it. it it's uh, about kind of a Stephen King setup. Like these kids leave town and they come back to town and all the parents are gone, and so they have to do this Lord of the Flies kind of thing. But then it quickly gets into like ideas about innate society and law philosophy and how entitled these kids are to their parents' old uh, store of food versus mm -hmm. sharing it with the community. And, exactly. and uh, so it gets really political, too. And yeah. that's something we clearly both like. There's a... The characters feel an inherent socioeconomical status over their friends. Yeah. And then it gets existential about, you know, people are dying on a... A pretty regular basis for one reason or another, you know, just because they're a bunch of clumsy little American teenagers who are suddenly, 
and 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 <clears throat> their town is walled off. I I guess. Yeah, they're completely isolated. Yeah, it's, it's not just their parents they, are gone. They end up the, sending, the, the world is gone. They end up sending out a, a search party or whatever. Yeah, I you know I that'll have another season. I it it does have another season. I was I was enthralled by that show. I got to be honest. And that lead actress is one we're both fans of. She's in Big Little Eyes. Absolutely. Uh, she's. Been in a few random. She was in Mad Men. That's what I was just remembering. She's she's, she's Sally Draper's roommate at the yeah, boarding that's school. Right. Yeah, and they bring the boys over. Oh my god! In one of Gene that's beats a, up that other guy. Yeah. That's a that's a fine episode. Yeah. The Mad Men the Mad Men episode is still coming. The other the other thing I almost had in my honorable mentions was this weird anthology that was uh, called Love, Sex, and Robots that came out on HBO. And it was supposed to be a Heavy Metal reboot, which Heavy Metal was an old movie. and David Fincher and produced, magazine. I think. Yeah, I bet, and I'm sure they're going to make more of them. Um, and it's just uh, very pulpy, sci-fi, hardcore, bloody adult stories. And so they had a bunch of different animation studios, and I think they made like twenty of them or something like that. But they're they're really good. They're that's good shit if you like that kind of stuff. Um, and that was my other like big honorable mention. Okay. I almost put Black Mirror up here, but this season, uh, Black Mirror on the whole is one of the best shows out there, I think. But this season wasn't as strong. But I know everybody loved the. The gamer striking viper. <laughs> the gamer one. Striking viper. I mean, um, did people did people love it, or is that just like the huge, the well, biggest it, talking point of the whole season? It was. I mean, I think I'm sure a lot of gamers hated it, but I was gleeful about that. Coming out of it, that's the only one I really, really remember. That was the best one. I, the, I, I did like the second one a lot too. With that was just like the standoff out in the field with that one dude with from, the hot priest from yeah, fleabag yeah he's had a great year huge yeah and i remember he was on sherlock and i thought he was kind of because I, I didn't watch all of that show but he was moriarty and i was like this guy's a bit over the top but uh he's great he's a bit he's a big theater actor yeah he is and i love big theater actors yeah that's, that's, why, they're, that's why they're good character actors and not they're better they're not, <laughs> they're, yeah they're not the old uh uh, they, once upon a time in Hollywood, yes, cowboys. Yes, they know. are. They are better at doing yeah. it, and, and they can do lots of things. Yeah, they can do more than one thing. That's the that's the fucking truth about that. Hey everybody! So we had a total technical breakdown, and we weren't able to get any of Mike's massive laundry list of the shows he watched this year onto the pod. So we're gonna have to come back to that later. Maybe we'll do that at the end of the year to let the list get a little bit longer. But just wanted to thank you guys again for listening to the podcast. We'll be back towards the beginning of the week with our reactions to the first two episodes of Succession, which we're very excited for. So thanks for listening, and we'll see you soon.